what you are basically. Deep, deep down, far, far in, is simply the fabric and structure of existence itself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. Honestly expressing yourself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. Hi everybody, welcome to the Parallel Mike podcast episode number 19 where we are joined by a fantastic guest, it's Mr. Jeff White and he's here to talk about the recent announcement by BRICS that this August they will be unveiling something very big regarding their gold-backed currency. Now I've covered this one extensively on my finance show which is the Parallel Systems broadcast, I'm sure you all know it and you can find that over on Rockfin and YouTube. So me and Jeff don't waste any time discussing what the currency is going to look like but what we do talk about is Jeff's view that this gold-backed currency might be something of a Trojan horse. So we get into that one in deep and then we also start a conversation about cryptos and their true origin but this is actually something I'm going to be covering extensively in an up-and-coming show with Ian Ferguson from White Lotus of Light. He was my first guest in episode number one, so if you enjoyed him in that one, you're going to love this one because we debate crypto assets and I share some of my own deep dive research into XRP, Bitcoin and cryptos in general for the very first time. So members, you are in for a wild ride in that episode because we go deep into that topic and I've done some research that I've never heard anyone else share before. Maybe they've done it, but I've not heard it. So I think you're going to enjoy that one and it could in fact change your view on those assets completely if they are even assets at all and I'm going to leave it there on a little bit of a teaser. Now other topics we cover in today's show include prepping, RFK Jr, digital privacy and grounding ourselves in nature. So I really loved this conversation and I think you all will too. Members, head on over to parallelmike.com for the full episode. I've made a few tweaks to the website so from now on when you comment under the episode you will be able to follow the thread and be notified if someone replies. This was a listener suggestion. It wasn't happening before but that's started now. Just make sure you tick the box that you want to be notified and you will be. Also, I'm getting the forum up and running hopefully by next week and then we can have some question and answer sessions for members only and some other community building ideas are going to be implemented so watch this space. For anyone wanting some support, getting themselves financially and practically prepared, I've been pretty busy recently. I've done a lot of wealth preservation consultations, helping people come up with strategies to get themselves out of dodge and to a place of safety both financially and practically before the big one hits. And you know, it feels like 2024 and 2025 with the solar cycle, the presidential election, there's some pretty big astrological events happening too which all foretell things like financial collapse and social revolution. So there's a lot going on into these next few years and if you're feeling like you're not ready and you don't know where to start you can email me or simply head over to parallelmike.com and look under consultations. In closing, thank you so much for listening. I wish you all good health and happiness out there and as always I will see you in the next one. That's, that was my point. I couldn't believe it. I'm a small channel. I don't get that many views and they still banned me 
for a week. And this, to hear what happened to you, that just makes me realize that they are really afraid. And they are really trying to, to keep people ignorant. That's, that's the only way I can put it. And, and people are falling for it because they just aren't paying attention. I'm going to leave this in, Jeff, because I think I think it's actually worth leaving in. So, but I will also do just a quick introduction now. Uh, Jeff, you've been on the show before. You've got your own channel. Uh, you came across to my channel and I checked out yours and we've always had a good rapport. Uh, we always have good chats. So thank you for coming back, Jeff. It has been a while. And I thought maybe before we get started, could you just give us a flavor of how things are over there in the US right now, where you're living? Because all we really see in Europe, Jeff, is we get this kind of circus media showing us all of these crazy things happening with your president and his son. And on Twitter, we get all of these videos of violence, people tearing up fast food restaurants. And, you know, we get a really skewed vision. So what are you noticing out there? How is it really in America? How are things on the ground where you're living? Where I'm living right now, people are getting, I would say, anxious is the right word. And this is because everything is getting so expensive. Food is more expensive. Electricity is going up. Rent is going up, I would say, exponentially for a lot of people. And a lot of people are having a really hard time paying their bills. They're having a really hard time choosing between paying rent and, and, and buying food. And it's really getting out of control. I know several people who literally have to move out of their apartments and go back and live with their parents because their rent has gone up um, 40, 50, 60% like that. And so they just simply can't afford it. And, and the jobs are not keeping up with this, these price increases. A lot of jobs here um, where I am, they only only comp the companies only offer part time work where they only offer you, say, 28 hours. And with that, they don't offer any health care and you can't live on 28 hours a week. So a lot of people are working multiple jobs just to try get by. And many people are, are suffering right now. So I don't see the violence that you see on television. And one thing I want to say about that is they always show the worst to get the ratings and the violence is there but i personally do not see that at all i don't see that at all i see it on the news just like you do just like you i do not see it what i see is people getting really worried about their financial situation that's what i see and i, I can hear it you can feel that the tension in the air because people know something isn't right now, people are still trying to go about their lives, of course, but in the back of everyone's minds is things are getting out of control. It's, it's just too expensive. And even the Dollar Tree here, um, these are dollar stores. They used to sell everything for a dollar. Now they went up to a dollar twenty-five, and now they're going to go up to $5 items in the Dollar Tree store. So that shows you how, how bad things are. It's really interesting to hear you say that because where I'm living right now, we've got inflation officially at around 20%, which is absolutely huge. And yet over here, so far as I can tell, people are coping just fine because their salaries are going up with inflation. So it's almost like wherever you are in the world, there's the same thing happening, but they're changing the dials for each country. So some are suffering really bad. But over here, people have still got a lot of money for leisure. People are still happy going to the beach. And, you know, I live in rural communities where it's working class people. Everyone's absolutely fine, Jeff. 
In the UK, however, where people would assume that people are much wealthier than where I live in rural Poland, complete opposite. All my family is saying, no, it's actually getting really hard to pay the bills. You know, like we're struggling to pay the bills. We're struggling with our gas price. We're struggling with our electricity bill. Food costs are going up. I'm hearing the same from people like you in America. I'm hearing the same from people in Germany. So isn't it strange how everyone's kind of getting a different face of this? No matter where you are in the world, we're all seeing inflation. But some countries are helping the people with that. And some almost like it feels like they want to punish certain parts of the world right now. And see, that's dangerous because the first thing people will say, well, I don't feel it. It's not bothering me, so I'm not going to worry about it. But you need to worry about it because you have to look at the trends, look at other places. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it can't happen to you. And so I think it lulls people into a false sense of security that, yeah, just because others are doing okay, then it's not as bad as they say. But look at the trend. You're starting to see more and more um, people or locations having these troubles. And it's, it's like it's like a cancer. It's just going to start to keep spreading and spreading and spreading. So people just have to pay attention. That's great. It's not happening to you. That's fantastic. But you still have to be aware. See, it's not it's not personally happening to me, but I'm aware of it and I'm watching it. So you people just need to really just open their eyes and, and be observant about what's going on around the world. You know? Yeah, me too, Jeff. And do you think that this could be almost a sort of wealth redistribution? Because it feels to me like what we're seeing over here in Central and Eastern Europe is that there is actually a lot of development where we are. Wherever I go, Jeff, just as an example, the other day we was driving through a tiny village, Jeff, in the middle of a forest, tiny village, and they'd spent, it must have been millions like in, in the US, it would probably be about a million dollars on building this massive park, really on it park, beautiful fountains in this park, loads of different areas for theater, for music. And I was like, this park is almost as big as the village itself. So there's tons of investment happening here, tons of development going on. And of course, this is really different to what people saw here maybe 20 years ago. We had communism in the 1980s, 1970s and 60s. So it's almost like we're seeing big development over here in Central and Eastern Europe. But if you go west to where all of the old wealth was, which is America, the UK, Germany, it's decay. So it's, it feels almost like the inflation could be a sort of wealth redistribution. And we're seeing the same in the BRICS countries. They're all rising. So how, I don't know. It's just something I want to put out there, Jeff. Do you think that this is purposely seeking to break the back of these old powers, these big, you know, the old empire, let's say? The world's changing. The world is shifting, and I do believe there's a squeeze going on with the middle class, of course, but I, I don't know exactly what their plan is, but there's definitely some type of redistribution going on. I just don't understand it, and it's similar to what they're doing with a lot of immigrants. Immigrants are being um, you know, moved all over the world, and I honestly do not understand it. I think I have an idea what's going on. But it's the same thing. They have some type of three-year, five-year, 10-year plan where they're, where they're instituting these changes. But I just don't know the exact reason. But I definitely see something going on. Because even here in the U.S., they're moving immigrants around. And they're building a lot of apartments here, too, and townhouses. Smaller townhouses, though. But they're building. So I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what's going on. But I do see something going on. But I just don't understand the logic behind it. I have an idea, but you know, something is definitely happening. It's like they they're preparing for some new um, 
population shift and moving mm-hmm. different places and things of that nature. But, you know, it, they don't talk about it in the media, though. It, you just see it popping up. It's not it's not being discussed, though. But there's definitely a plan. But it seems like it's going on everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had over here in Poland about 4 million Ukrainians come across. I mean, 4 million, Jeff, in a country of this size is huge. And if you go to the cities, well, it's a different story. The cities, you can't find a flat. You know, the rent increase, I I talked about how people are surviving over here in the rural communities. And this is where you'd normally consider it to be the poorest part of society because it's people who are working with manual labor. But if you go to the cities, there is a different story in the cities. People who are in the cities can't afford the price of rent because there's just so much demand with the 4 million Ukrainians that have come across. So that is where we're seeing big differences is the cities. Uh, But going back to what we were saying, Jeff, what did you think about the recent announcement of Russia to move to a gold-backed currency? They mentioned actually a date this time. They said August. Uh, So in many ways, it's nothing new to us. We've been talking about this for a long time, but I felt this was significant, especially with Janet Yellen being in China at the time of this announcement. So what do you make of it all, Jeff? I've been watching this very closely and I I've been watching other people see what they think about it, but I don't really hear people talking about it the way I'm looking at it. I believe it's good and bad because as you know, the fiat currency is just getting weaker and weaker and the purchasing power is decreasing more and more every day. I do believe this is um, to shore up or strengthen the currency for all these different countries, because, you know, the BRICS nations are all, you know, coming together to create that new currency. And I think that's good because the dollar is just shrinking. And that's the reason why we're seeing purchasing power decrease. And of course, it doesn't help that they're constantly printing trillions of dollars. It's, It's absolutely ridiculous. But here is my, this is just my personal opinion. I believe this is going to be very dangerous. And the reason I say that is because I'm looking at the BRICS nations and all the countries coming together to be under this, this currency. They're going to work together, of course, and use their own currencies. But people keep forgetting about the CBDC that, that the IMF is, is coming up with. They want to come out with a global CBDC. And so I'm, I'm trying to tie all this in together. Now, for people who hold gold, this is this is fantastic. A lot of people don't own gold because they don't really follow it. But I'm looking at it from a different perspective, and I'm thinking that this could be ushering in the new global CBDC. And if that happens, then this could cause more problems. You know, I, like I said, I'm looking at it from a totally different perspective, um, and I have yet to see um, government programs that that benefit the people. I just I just don't see it. So I'm wondering, is this going to help the, the average person or is it going to help these countries? Who's it going to help the most? So I am a little leery because I think all these countries will be working together to come under a global CBDC. And if that happens, then we could see a lot of changes and and chaos in the world because then they will have more control over people's lives and i believe that they are using the getting the gold together so they can all work together to create that cbdc that's my personal opinion i don't think it's gonna be 
beneficial for the average person like like we want to believe. I also believe people are getting excited and they're going to be more in favor of it. And as they enthusiastically shift into using this new currency, that's when they're going to pull that bait and switch and institute that, that global central bank digital currency. And I say that because I remember the IMF came out a couple of weeks ago and said they are working on a global CBDC. So I look at that, then I look at all the, the nations that are coming under the BRICS and they are wanting to um, use a new currency and everyone seems really excited about it. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, that's, that's great and all, but is it really gonna help us? And I look at it from this perspective also. Back in 2020, all these countries came together to um, help institute a new policy, mainly this policy here. If they can do that on a health perspective, why couldn't they do that on a financial perspective, which is what they might do with this CBDC? So I like it, but I don't like it. I like it from the simple fact that um, the dollar's dying and it's 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 overdue. They used it to the to hurt millions and possibly billions of people around the world. They took advantage of all these different countries, destabilized countries, and all these different things. But now we're going to move from the frying pan, I believe, into the fire because now we're going to usher in a brand new currency. And if it's a CBDC, then and a global one because all these countries are, are moving in together with it. I think we are going to be in more trouble than than we we could ever imagine. I think you hit on many important <laughs> points there, Jeff. And the first one that I'll comment on is so far as I'm aware and correct me if I'm wrong, the only thing that we've seen thus far is them talking about going to a global reserve currency that they use that's backed by gold. So at no point have they talked about us as the citizens having access to a gold-backed currency. So that it, it will essentially be, Jeff, uh, gold for me, but not for thee. CBDC for thee. That's what we're going to get, the CBDC part of it. So I don't think they're ever going to be putting gold back into our currencies. Now, we may see a country in the East that goes to a gold-backed currency as part of this ongoing war for the reserve. And I spoke recently in a video about Russia potentially going to a gold-backed currency and then issuing a gold-backed bond to pull all of this money from U.S. treasuries. Imagine if the uh, if the Russians do that, would you want a U.S. treasury that's, let's say, in 10 years, you're going to get more U.S. dollars? Well, how many dollars are they going to print in those 10 years, Jeff? You're essentially getting more debt later in the future that's going to be even sorry worth even less than when you first got it, or you could get gold that's going to go up in value. So I think maybe we see that as part of this war, but I certainly don't think we're going to see gold put back into the currency in the West unless something really big would have to change, put it that way. So that's the first point, Jeff, is, yeah, I think what they're, ta- what they're talking about is for each other. We're going to do gold between each other. Now, the second thing that you mentioned was that maybe everything that's happening is all narrative and theatre, and the real plan is just to go to this global central bank digital currency eventually. And I actually have a lot of sympathy with that view too. I think a lot of what we're seeing is narrative because we all know, Jeff, there's levels to this. We get to see almost like the front and center stage show of a theater production. We get to see what's happening on on stage, but what people don't see is what's happening behind the curtain. And we know above the politicians, above the mainstream media, above all of that nonsense, 
there's the military industrial complex, there's the banking oligarchies, there's the families that own all of those companies, there's big ag, big tech, um, uh, big energy, and they pull the strings of the government. So they are global, aren't they, Jeff? So at the end of the day, you can say, oh, China versus US, BRICS versus US. Yes, that does happen. Yes, there is truth to some of those narratives, but essentially there is a hidden layer there and we know that that hidden layer does want to have a global system. It makes it much easier to control us all. And a global central bank digital currency, maybe it's not going to happen tomorrow, but you just said the IMF are talking about that. So it does suggest that they are thinking further down the line about having East and West come together. So you've just got one big totalitarian system and we won't be getting gold. I can guarantee that. And see, everyone is saying that because of this war, the the ties between the countries are forever severed. I don't believe that. And the reason I say that is because we can go back to World War II. And I believe we said this before, but I just I just keep coming back to this point. Um, Germany did some things that a lot of countries um, did not like. And they eventually got back in good graces. I believe there's an opportunity that it'll be a miracle that um, the U.S., Russia, and, and, and China, and, and everyone else, they all come back together and have, have some type of deal. And again, I say that because I'm looking at the, the history. We've had world wars before where these countries were, were fighting tooth and nail against each other, but they eventually reconciled. And, and if you look at the IMF, look at the countries that are members of the IMF. They're all the, the basic nations that we're looking at today. So we're at war on one hand. We're at war over here. <laughs> but when IMF has a meeting, they're all over here as well. So make it make sense. We're at war. If I'm at war with you, I'm not going to sit down with you and talk about something totally different. We're at war. That means I'm not going to be fooling with you. I'm not going to be negotiating with you because we have this war going on over here. But we're going to talk over here, sit at a table and talk. Now, I don't I don't know about that. And then we have the um, the other one, the W.E.F. We have them and a lot of these same countries are members of the W.E.F. So on one hand, we're at war. But on the other hand, they're they're still in the same organizations at the same meetings. So. I think there's a lot more to this than they're letting us know. And we just have to be aware and vigilant. Because, again, they're not telling us everything like you said. They're, they're not. And the media just hypes up certain aspects of it. And we focus on that part. But other aspects, other bits of very important information is being overlooked. And so since it's not in the forefront, we don't think about it. Yeah, it's almost like if you go back throughout history and you look back throughout the 1900s, what you had was a lot of very, very rich families. And all of these families were owning or let's say a top of all these different nations of Europe but they all came from the same family Jeff they'd still send thousands or millions of men to war in World War II but essentially it was families just having a little game of chess wasn't it they were playing with our lives but they would all sit back in the drawing room late at night and have a good old laugh about it and I think something similar is going on today I don't think a lot's changed but I also do think it's difficult for people to conceptualize that that 
that could be how it actually works, that there's all these people, uh, they're playing a big game of chess with our lives, but they all actually agree on one thing, and that's that we are the serfs and they're the controllers, and they'll all come together to ensure that that remains the system, and I think that's what happens. Uh, And I don't think it actually matters which way you look at it, as long as you understand that there is that level there that you can't see everything of. One thing that I wanted to ask you is, how long do you think it is until we see the everyday person start to really start to take notice about gold again because I saw what happened last week after this announcement and the price didn't move, didn't go anywhere. Same with silver. In fact, the silver miners are cheaper than they've ever been or as cheap as they've ever been. The gold price, yes, it's gone up the past five years or so and it is going up every year, let's say 10, 11%, which is expected. But we haven't seen that mad rush into physical. We haven't seen the everyday man and woman on the street do you think that it's going to be when it's too late is when they're going to take notice? Or do you think that we're going to, at some point, people are going to say, no, I need to get out of this paper money and into something real and they're going to figure it out? Because I don't see it just yet. Oh, they, they'll never figure it out. They won't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. They won't. Because, and I'll say why, because here in America, we're not taught about gold and silver. I used to be a financial advisor. And when I was an advisor, I knew nothing about gold and silver. My whole mantra was stocks, bonds, mutual funds, options, and college 529 plans. Gold and silver? What's that? What's that? Yeah. People are not taught gold and silver. You can you can talk to people today and they'll say, well, that's that's nothing. That's just, uh, you know, that's just metal. It's, it's, it's not worth anything. And they won't, they'll never get it. They'll never get it. You can hear people today talking about cryptos and say cryptos are the future but central banks are buying gold by the ton if they're buying gold by the ton i mean physical tons and you still haven't figured out the importance of it i don't think you ever will and let me let me say this too about gold and silver which i think is just just amazingly ironic you use silver in literally hundreds of different um products like solar panels, it's in electronics, and it's in everything. It's amazing how we are in such a huge inflationary period where all these raw materials are getting more expensive, whether they've gone up like, like lumber and then they've gone down, and some things are just steadily increasing. But gold and silver are still kind of or doing like this. Now, I know gold in other currencies is, is at record highs, but it's not... It's not front page news that they're they're skyrocketing in price like items you buy in the store. I think that's done on purpose. So people are not going to look at gold and silver. And the reason they don't want you looking at it is because it's outside the system. So they're doing everything they can to keep you in the system. This is why in some um, complexes, in some areas, they are banning gardens. Because they want you in the system. They want you all the way in the system. This is why they don't talk about um, natural health remedies. Because they want you in the healthcare system where they can keep pumping you up with all types of of drugs and have all these side effects that that don't make you healthier, they make you sicker. So I look at it from a slightly bigger perspective. They don't want you out the system, they want you in the system. And the way to do that is to limit your knowledge or your exposure to these other things. 
that can help you get out of the system. How powerful would you be if you're if you're healthy, you're not on any medication, and, and you're taking things like turmeric and ginger and eating fruit every day, and you don't have any med, you know, any medication? How healthy would you be if you are having your own income sources and you don't have to work on a job? How financially powerful would you be if you know you have gold and silver that's outside the system? So when the system crashes and real estate is at rock bottom prices, you can take that gold, convert it to any currency you want and buy said rental property or land. So they don't want you to know these things. So I don't think people will ever learn. And if they do, it'll be too late because it'll be so expensive. They can't afford it at that point. And then they'll be mad and say, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I agree. We've been trying to tell you for five years. So that's how I look at it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at it from a person who grew up in, in, in the education system as a former stockbroker. It was never, ever discussed. Never. And they never will. You have to go on podcasts like this. You have to actively seek it to find out more about it. But no, they, they'll never know. They'll never learn. I think this is true, especially for the West, for sure. If you go to uh, the UK, same thing, America, for sure. But if you go to the further reaches of the empire, the American empire, so if you go to like Central Europe and especially like Poland onwards, then those people get it because they've lived through hyperinflation. We had hyperinflation in here whilst my wife was alive, living in the country. She remembers what it was like going to the store, all you could buy was bread. <laughs> that was it. There's a whole store with one type of bread. Uh, no sweets, no nothing. Uh, so those people remember and they understand what fiat currency destruction looks like and how you avoid that. You, she, They told us back then gold was illegal. You couldn't have it, but everyone would break the law for it because they knew that was the only way out of that mess. And people were smuggling it into the country. And I'm not talking about pure gold. I'm talking about nine carat gold for wedding rings. You know, people would go to Russia, yeah. smuggle it back. It was Wild West because people have lived right. through that. They understood that. No, it's about survival at that stage. These silly laws don't matter. I need to feed myself. I need to make sure that yeah. this paper that I'm being given, which is going to be worthless in a day or two, I need to get out of it and into something real. You know, there's no way to save if you can't have gold and silver. So I agree. I think people are taking notice further afield you go, but I don't think they'll figure it out in the West until it's too late. Uh, and that's just the way it has to be, Jeff. And, you know, if you can take advantage of that, then so be it because you deserve to. You're doing the right things. You're taking preparation uh, now and acting now. And that's what we tell people to do. Do it whilst you can, because at some point it's probably going to be too late. And one final point on that, Janet Yellen was in China. And one of the reporters actually asked her during that press conference in China just the other day, what do you make of Russia's recent announcement about adding gold back to the monetary system for this new reserve asset. And you know what, Jeff? She answered the question without even using the word gold once. She just, uh -huh. like, it, it literally, we they refuse to even say it because they know that that uh -huh. gold and silver is kryptonite uh -huh. to their fiat system, uh -huh. and they will refuse That's to it. even discuss the thing. That's it. That's it. They don't want people to talk about it. They don't want people to even think about it. And like you said, people won't think about it until it's too late and by then you won't be able to have access to it so no we will never um fully understand it here in america because they don't they don't want us to that's why she blew it off that's why she blew off the the, the question because so the less people think about it 
the less people will will want it. And I believe that we see the big push about the stock market and they still um, have people talking about real estate, buying real estate and um, buying 90 year mortgages, 100 year mortgages and, and things of that nature, because they want you to do everything but focus on real money, which is is God's money. Gold and silver are real money. Do you think, Jeff, that this whole crypto craze and this whole push is something that came from, let's say, the NSA and the controllers to take people from putting their money into something like a real asset, giving them something really speculative, really exciting that fits the modern age, this tech age? Do you think that that's a part of this to try and deflect people away from actually looking back at history and to suck some of that capital up that would be going probably into gold and silver? into these new assets that they can easily manipulate and control in the future when this system comes down, if they want to get everyone wiped out, it's far, far easier to do that with a digital asset that has, let's face it, nothing behind it. And um, do you think that that's part of it? Who created um, Bitcoin? What's his name? Uh, Satoshi. Let me ask you something. If you created, if you created Bitcoin, would you be hidden or would you be like, Hey, here I am. I did this. This is mine. I did this. I would be in front page news everywhere. I would be in private jets. I would be holding whatever. <laughs> I would be every. You would see my face everywhere. So we got this mysterious person who just created it. Now he's vanished. Come on, seriously, I don't buy it. My personal opinion is it was created by the powers that be so people could get used to some type of digital currency get the excitement and of course let people make money in it because a lot of money a lot of money has been made so get people excited because you know people um, are driven by fear and greed and and just emotion they like that quick they like that quick you know quick fix instant gratification crypto can do that for you now this is my opinion people so don't you know don't take with a grain of salt this was created to get people excited about the idea of crypto so they could eventually usher in the central bank digital currency to make it easier to digest. Because think about it. If we didn't have crypto, if we didn't have Bitcoin, if we didn't have um, Dogecoin and, and Shiba Inu and all these others, would you would probably be like, what in the world are they trying to do with this electronic crap? What is this? I don't understand. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. Now that we've had crypto for 10, 12, 15, 16 years, people are a little more acclimated to it. And they were like, okay, well, now the US, now the, now the world is looking into these digital currencies. I'm kind of familiar with it because I heard about Bitcoin and all these others. So maybe I can, I can go along with it. That's my personal opinion. Because like I said, if that were me who created it, I'd have billboards. I'd be, I'd be all over the world. You could find my picture in, in a hut in Guinea. Because <laughs> I create, I be everywhere. This speaks to our need and desire for heroes. And the person that they have portrayed is almost a Jesus Christ-like figure that he so loved the world that he brought this into it. He made it for us. He didn't want any of the publicity. He even has a million coins, or is it two million that he's got just sat there worth hundreds of billions and he's not touching it. And that really feeds to our desire to have a savior. It's like, oh my God, this person has come to save us. 
And that plays on our subconscious and our psychology. Uh, and I agree with what you said. And I have a lot of people who support my channel, a lot of patrons who like Bitcoin. I actually own some Bitcoin because I've been paid in Bitcoin. You know, if people want to pay me in Bitcoin, I actually have no problem with that at all. And I think it has a use. It does have a use because oh, it allows you to transact outside of a system. So I'm not against it at all. But but that doesn't right. mean that I don't think that it was made like you. It came at the right time. It came at the right time in history. It is having the effect that I think they would want it to have. And I think the ultimate rug pull would be at the end. It gets wiped out along with everyone else in the crash. And then they say, but we are now going to make a more secure system. We're going to make a more stable system. And they're going to use all of that collective knowledge and thought that all of these programmers that were so devoted to these projects put in for free. They did it for them. And now these parasites come in at the last minute, take that knowledge and that learning and apply it to their system. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong on the Bitcoin because so many people that I like and admire are into it. And I say to somebody, you do what makes you happy, but always use risk management. So if that does go wrong, and we could be wrong, I could be wrong, take all of that knowledge and you make your own ideas. But I I don't mind saying this to people and putting my ideas out there, even though some people will say, oh, Mike, I really liked you until you said that about Bitcoin. Well, you know, don't be so sensitive would be my view. It's you take this and you think about it. Always think through every single scenario because Ultimately, Jeff, nobody truly knows right now. Nobody truly knows. Right. And if the risk is not 0%, it, the, and the risk in this case can't be 0% because we don't know who the person was, therefore, we have to accept it is a risk and it is a potential future scenario. Yeah, let me say this real quick on that, on the, on the crypto, the Bitcoin. Um, you got to have a strategy. You got to have a strategy. The key is to get out of the system. Any way you can get out of the system. If you do have some crypto and you made a lot of money into it, why don't you take some of that money and buy real assets? So if something happens, you have that real asset, that a physical asset that no one can take from you. What if you took some of those monies that you made from crypto and bought land, a rental property? And let's just say that um, well, first off, these governments are not going to let another competing monetary system um, overtake them. They're going to try to squash it like a bug, no matter what it is. I believe they eventually will try to do that with crypto or make it very difficult for you to, to use it or spend it. While you have the opportunity, take some of those profits, just to, just the thought, just to put in your head and buy real assets with it, because one day you may not be able to. You may find it very difficult to convert or no one will even accept it. So why have the chance? Get those physical assets now. So when the dust settles, you still have something to show for all that money that you made in your crypto. You know, it's just a thought. Like, for example, with me, you know, I, I buy, I sell books online and things of that nature. When I get the money for those books, I convert into physical assets. I don't let the money just sit in the bank. About physical assets with that. So it's just a thought. You got to have a strategy. You want to have multiple assets. You want to have money in various places that can generate more money for you instead of just sitting in a bank or in just in one type of thing. So you got to have a strategy, people, because the world is going crazy. You want to hedge yourself 
to protect against everything. Rich people, this is what they do. They have that generational wealth. They have they have art. They have precious metals and they have land. I'm sure you've heard that before. But the extremely wealthy people, yeah, they have they have land. They have physical gold and silver, and they have fine arts. They have these three things, and they constantly funnel money into each one. Why can't we do something like that, even on a smaller scale? We have to. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. So don't have all your money in crypto. Crypto's cool, but have a strategy with it too. It's just like people had a 401k that was a million dollars on paper. Then all of a sudden, the stock market crashes. Now it's only worth a hundred thousand. Well, it looks great on paper, but now what do you have to show for it? You got nothing. Same thing. Yeah, I think you hit on a really important point there, and that is what are we actually trying to achieve here? You know, I always talk to people about holistic wealth. They come to me and say, Mike, you know, how can I earn money on the stock market? What should I be buying? What should I say? Listen, first and foremost, think about things holistically. Like, what are you trying to achieve in your life? You know, for me, Jeff, it's about having a good relationship with my wife and my family. Um, it's about being more uh, self-sufficient and autonomous. So I've got freedom to live how I want. It's about living with principles and morals. It's about being able to choose what I think and not have people tell me what to do and think. So those are the most important things, you know, being healthy. I want to be able to do that. Now, do I need money to do that? Of course you do. You know, I needed money to buy a place where I could have a garden. So I had to work at that. I had to figure things out. I had to learn how to make money. Of course, I have to pay some bills still. Of course. Okay, so we need some money. But is it about just accumulating money? Is there a time to actually say, well, I've actually got enough. So anything that I have now is just wealth preservation. I'm going to put it to one side and I'm going to save it. And it might go to my kids or maybe in the future I have a crisis and I have to have to use some of it. And that's what it's about. You know, it's about living. It's about making your life better. But it's not about accumulating stuff. It's not about buying new cars. It's not about going on helicopter rides, or all of that nonsense. You know, okay, if you want to enjoy yourself, do it. But really try and drill down what you're about as a human being. Where do you want to go? What future do you want for your family? And I think the problem with crypto is it feeds into this desperate materialism. You know, this desperate materialism, money digits, more, 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 thousand percent return, 10,000 percent return. And I think if these assets was generating, let's say, 10 percent a year, how many people do you think would actually want to own something that generates 10 percent a year, which is a fantastic return in normal times? The only the only times we've lived through where 10 percent return is considered ridiculous and stupid is now in this hyper material age that we live in so i don't think people would want the asset then so all these people that talk about the future of money it's like well a lot of those people are actually just speculators and gamblers and they want to get rich quick and i'm trying to say to people think holistically about your wealth you don't need a lot of money to live a good life you know you can sell your house you can buy a small plot of land put a tiny house on there and you can live happily ever after get a few little income streams online and you're good to go some people might want to do it on a bigger scale. So maybe they need more money, but everyone can change their life. And this mindset of trying to constantly get more money and this crypto mania that we saw, I was not about that at all. And I was trying to say to people, if you're good at speculating, earn some money, fantastic, but then put it towards something good. You know, do something good with your life. Get out of this mindset of more, more, more. That's a greed-based mindset. You want to be out of that. Go back to a more holistic mindset. Freedom income. You hit the nail on the head. What is your freedom income? When you when I ask people that, they will say, oh, I need 100,000. I need 200,000 a year. Your freedom income 
is the money you can make from passive income streams that can cover your living expenses. So what you want to do is you want to take, you know, how much you need to live per month or whatever, like your rent, your mortgage, you know, your food, your gas, you know, add all these up. And it may not be as much as you think. If you can make a dollar over that in passive income, that's your freedom income. And that's what you need. And so you may not need as much as you think. You don't need a million dollars a year to, to live. If you have enough in passive income to pay your, your daily bills, you're free. So like you said, if you get to a small homestead and, and you live, you know, a modest life, you can you can live a lot better than you think. You don't need as much money as you think. You don't need these huge returns. You can live, like you say, a modest life on some passive income streams and you'll be just fine. And then you'll be financially free. But we're so stuck on this. We need this million dollars a year, five million a year. No, you don't. You have to know what your what your expenses are and you can tailor it and you can find ways to generate the passive income to create enough passive income so you can live free. Now, before we go, Jeff, do you want to just point people towards where they can find your work? I think that'd be really useful. And I also want to ask you, Jeff, are you on Rockfin yet? No, I'm not. I'm on I'm on Rumble. Um and I'm on Twitter. Jeff, Jeff I'm going to send you a link, Jeff, to 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 join Rockfin. Uh, okay. And you know, I think you'd like it on there because it really promotes smaller channels uh, like mine, like yours, and it allows you to speak without censorship. I know you just had that issue where you got banned for two uh, two weeks on YouTube for something you did a year ago. Well, on Rockfin, there's none of that. It's a small platform. There are only a few million users, but you know what? All of those users will have a similar viewpoint and they'll be interested in your content. So uh, of course, it's up to you whether you use it or not, but I'll send you a link uh, because right. I think I'm going to put this one on Rockfin because I know that on YouTube, this conversation will probably not get much airtime. So I might put this one on Rockfin specifically. I think it's more useful over there. Uh, it will get the right people. Uh, but where can people find you for now on YouTube, Jeff? Um, JW Fitness, um, Jeff White Fitness Solutions on YouTube. Um, when I say fitness, I'm thinking physical, mental, spiritual, and financial fitness. It's Jeff White Fitness Solutions on, on YouTube. I'm also on Amazon under Jeffrey White. I sell, um, I have almost a dozen books working on a new book right now, actually. And I'm also on Twitter and on JW Fitness, uh, Jeff. Well, that's it for part one, everyone. In part two, we get straight back into it with some discussion on the road to the Great Reset. I also get Jeff's take on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I asked Jeff whether he thinks he's truly fighting against the state or is he just deep state? We also talk self-reliance, how to create wealth from the ground up, and also strategies for defending ourselves from the prying eyes of the big technocratic state when we are using the internet and using our devices. So there's a lot to talk about. Thanks for joining me for part one. If you'd like to access part two of this episode and every other episode, please head over to parallelmike.com and support censorship-free content because they're coming down on us very hard right now and it's only going to get worse, so we have to help the content we enjoy to thrive by supporting it. So that's all from me. I hope you're all happy, healthy, throw wealthy in there as well. And of course, I'll see each and every one of you, hopefully, in the next one. What you are basically 
deep, deep down, far, far in, is simply the fabric and structure of existence itself. Peace for all men and women, for all men and women, for all men and women. Not merely peace in our time, peace in all time. Peace in our time. Peace in all time. 